0: The garden help you need from three of the top experts in the Mid-South, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder. Good
1: morning. Good morning and welcome to the Mid-South Gardening Show. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, but is it a show today? (laughs) Yes, it's always a show when I'm with you two lovely people. Well, thank
2: you, Miss Veda. Mm -hmm. Good morning to you, and good morning to you, Mr. Jim. Thank you, thank you. And good good morning morning to Mr.
1: Allen back there taking the phone calls for us. I think I got issues this morning. (laughs) You said your eyes were itching. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's just add to it. All right, anyway, wow. Okay, so what? Last Saturday freezing oh yeah so cold. ice and snow
2: everywhere driving then, in you know now today it's what 65 degrees tomorrow 68 degrees almost 70 are you kidding me i know right
1: as mr I paul would
2: it. say only in the mid-south
1: yes i heard somebody say we have bipolar weather that's, <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's about it but had a, um
2: had a lot of people come into the garden center this mm-hmm. week with burned foliage yep. and pitchers to yes. back it up
1: I, but yeah i'm thinking we're gonna have a lot of that going and on you,
2: and you know well and for example and this one I'm not sure about. Uh, creeping fig, beautiful creeping fig on a wall. Mm-hmm. And she showed me the picture and she said, What do you think? And I said, Well, I think it's dead from the ground yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, and which is unlike, I mean, it's like creeping fig, which mm-hmm. I love growing on a mm-hmm. wall. I mean, I love everything about it. Yeah. But you can get one of these crazy little winters in here and, you know, for years you're fine, even if mm-hmm. it's in a little tucked in protected area. But then it is a zone nine plant,
3: right, right. Ah, Jim? You're We're, right. we've
1: been, but well, like we don't a care of, because
2: we want to
3: grow yeah. it here.
1: And it, and it grows for a minute. Like I think it's happened five years ago, because mm-hmm. um, or so it was on a wall, and we had to like get all the dead leaves mm-hmm. off and um, have it grow back. And a lot of times it's slow, but that winter wasn't like this winter. Mm-hmm. And I I we have a place at work that there's this like thin piece of. Uh, dirt. <laughs> yeah. And it's growing along the sidewalk and then up over a uh, water feature. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking maybe the roots were warm enough there to possibly come back. But I'm wondering, I don't know if any's going to come back.
2: Yeah. But I mean, that was one of the exceptions of the people that came in. I mean, Creeping Fig, you know, we can expect it to burn up mm-hmm. in temperatures that we had. Um, but a lot of the evergreens we talked about last weekend, azaleas, I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of burned mm-hmm. foliage. But I did look at a lot of the buds right. on the samples that people were bringing in. And the buds actually still looked okay, mm-hmm. which kind of surprised me, honestly. So the buds on the azaleas uh, looked okay. So most of the azaleas still should bloom the way they should. The foliage looks horrible, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's brown, black, and everything else in between. But also if you scratch the stems, they're still good and green up under there. Now, we might have a little, you know, dieback at the top on mm-hmm. a lot of these, but for the most part, the Azaleas are going to be fine. Lore pedlums, forget it. Yeah. They are burnt up like,
1: I mean, toasted. Yes, they are toasted. Now, and the
2: distilliums, too. Absolutely. Uh, camellias, you know, so I mean, people were bringing in evergreens. And, um, you know, on the lore pedlum, for example, you know, the foliage is just cooked, right? Mm-hmm. But still, for the most part, I mean, you might have some top of it, uh, you know, that uh, has some dieback on it. But the integrity of the plant itself uh, is okay. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's going to flush back out uh, this spring. So there's a lot of superficial damage out there. I'm not saying there's not some dead tissue out there. But a lot of that that I saw this week was -hmm. more superficial than actually detrimental. You know, Jim's over here Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, uh,
3: I uh, Thursday toured the Botanic Garden with Rick puddle We took a golf cart and went around looking at the damage. And uh, and there's substantial brown foliage, like you said. No doubt. Um, <clears throat> looking at, uh, I've got a standard southern indica azalea, and I think it's toast as far as mm-hmm. flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little early to tell from the stems um, if it's going to come back out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks green, but that's... It's, Hasn't had enough time really to to go bask.
2: and the southern indicas are they're more like, indigenous to much much further south. south but of us, you know right.
3: the ones that do best here are George Tabor and Southern and Gigi uh, uh, Gerby. Mm-hmm. But some of the other ones like um, uh, Judge Solomon, mm-hmm. Mobile, they're less hardy. Uh, and this one I've got is a, a President Clay, I think. So, uh, but anyway, it's um, it's going to be a wait and see. My Gardenia I had that was uh, frost proof. Oh, that I was meant, three years. I forgot ago, to was, mention. Gardenia. was eight feet tall. <laughs> that uh, you know, I cut back to to um, put a deck in, and uh, I think it's dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a trunk, you know, three inches across, mm-hmm. and I think it's just dead. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. And stressed out plants. If anything was stressed out, we had some uh, pyracantha planted against the wall, and it had been struggling had, um, just when I got there, it already had scale on it. So we sprayed or, you know, put a systemic down, fertilized and all that. But I looked at it yesterday, you know, took a knife and scratched a lot of the wood and it's just brown as can be underneath. Now, a part that was like under a little section, it's, it's still green. Mm-hmm. So it was amazing. Just that little bit of difference in protection. From being yeah, dead. You know, and younger
3: gardenias that may have been covered with snow were probably going to be okay. That's true. <laughs>
1: oh my it's word. the big ones. That is true. The snow probably saved a lot of things, yes. actually. You know, when we were bringing in plants for the cold covering bringing them in we brought some into the warehouse and it was the camellias for that bloom you know in the spring and they had root their, their buds were still tight yeah
2: but there's a lot of dead buds right. out there camellias. Yeah. so
1: we put them in the warehouse and then when i can't let's see i don't remember what day it was but when i came back in there i forgot that the heat comes on at like when it gets below 50 and the big it's a big blower above us and it blew on the camellias like so it was warming them up so they started blooming out into in the uh warehouse pulled them out real fast you know after the coldness trying to slow them down just a little bit but they've got little blooms on them i think it's Tinsley?
3: Mm-hmm. Dr. Tinsley. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's Dr.
1: Tinsley is the one that's doing that. So when I'm trying to just keep them from not blooming You're until forcing them to done, bloom. I, I left them under the heater.
2: Well, but I mean, but I guess the good thing is, and, and there again, we talked about this, you know, we did have the ice that coated the tissue on most of the plants out there. And then we had the snow on top of that. So those were insulators, believe it or not, from that extremely cold and, and cold mm-hmm. wind that Jim talks about that just dries things out. So hopefully, you know, as bad as things look out there for you know, for the most part, from everything that I saw other than the mm-hmm. creeping fig. Like I said, it's it's going to be okay. You know, yeah. it's not a total
3: dieback. Right,
1: bag. right. We were fortunate, I think. Would you,
2: would you mind
3: just putting that in writing? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, it wasn't that
1: mean. bad. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I,
2: <laughs> no? I mean, at first it was it was gloom and doom for me, I was thinking. And, you no. know, but the things that I did see, I mean, I, I think we're going to be okay. Well, you know. Like for the I, most I part. I had, had a
3: beautiful bamboo in a, in a container, and it's, and it's dead to the ground. Well, but see, he's growing all this exotic mm, stuff. No, it's you know? not. This is a zone seven hardy bamboo, Um, but it it burned it completely.
1: Oh, you said it was in a container. It's in a container. Mm, Yeah, yeah, but that's it it wouldn't have
3: mattered. You know, I've seen bamboo in across across town that's just been fried. Yeah, right, right. um, But do you think it's going to come back from the roots? From the roots, probably. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: that's one of thinking about the pyracantha should be able to cut it to the ground it would come back let's like hope our, yeah. And then, the, yeah the upside
3: was we had plenty of moisture going into this mm-hmm. and we had the snow cover during that period right. so the ground may have been warm enough for it, these things to survive and come back out.
1: Well, you know how everything needs to be watered real good before freeze of course mm-hmm. well uh had had them water at the garden center trying to get everything watered real good. Well, you find out how good they water <laughs> and that, it's true there was is there that was not this, the biggest problem every yes, garden center has is finding is. somebody
3: that understands how to water.
1: right, because mm. they're like she said there was five of one variety, um sweet olive, no, cherry laurel, and uh they were we had them outside, but covered, and then the ice, you know, and mm. so we had it was greenhouse pretty good. But the thing was, those all the other plants were really, you know, still moist. Those were bone dry. Yeah. And and so the uh, cherry laurels, the leaves are just crisp, crisp, mm-hmm. crisp. I didn't even scratch the bark to see yet. They should be fine. Yeah, but that but out of that I whole get that group, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I know no, sir. I'm thinking because at least they were covered. But even though they were dry. But we'll see. But that was a huge difference
2: between they is got... Yeah. It's definitely a better insulator than dry soil. It is. No doubt about
1: it. Well, y'all, give us a call, two six zero five nine two six.
0: Now. mid-south gardening grown by your friends at dan west garden center for details on how you can start home growing visit danwestonline.com
4: good
1: morning good morning welcome back y'all you know what you got to give us a call 260-5926 also watch us on facebook live Mm -hmm. and you can post questions there too you don't even have to call I like, for some reason, to do everything text. You would think I would love to talk since I talk old up here. I like
2: people to call in and talk to them, you know? That, well, phone, talk, to phone. Yeah,
1: converse, phone to phone. Yeah, phone to phone. Like The conversation is good, though. I like that, too. But uh, messages on Facebook is a fantastic as well. And that's
2: what, the Mighty 990 Facebook page?
1: Yes. And then, if you want a lot of information, you can go to Jim's page.
3: It is, Mid-South Gardening, Gardening in USDA Zone 6, 7, and 8.
1: It's a really. I
2: have to agree. It's just, it's one of the best web pages, gardening web pages Um, I've ever been on in my life. I'm serious.
1: I was going to tell you that as well today, Jim. It is, it's fantastic. I like the just. It's just plants, and I like also yeah. you
2: can go up to um, their groups and then go to list. You have files, files, and files. I mean it's got everything mm-hmm. you want to know about anything.
5: Right, in you want to
2: know blueberry varieties? We got it. Well,
1: yeah. that's why we're not getting any calls. They're well, just reading all so. your files. And, and, and <laughs> I've still
3: got a lot of ornamentals to put on there. Mm-hmm. Um, got most all the vegetables. And, I mean uh, the fruits and. And uh, oh, and a lot of good stuff like deer-resistant plants mm-hmm. and native plants and poisonous plants and, and hostas uh, and yeah. ferns. I mean, yeah. it's, it's we have a really good hosta list. Now it's got. There's some newer ones that may not be on there, but it's got. It not only tells you, um, you know, a little bit about the plant and size, but it also tells you whether or not it's slug resistant, right. whether it will tolerate some mm-hmm. sun, right. and whether they're fragrant. So uh, it's got a lot of good information on it.
1: Uh, is fantastic, and um, you answer questions back. Yes, I do. So that's something. It's just not running. You're participating in it. Sort of like my Facebook page, I, I don't really participate in it like in conversations, but I just put pictures that I like and useful information and all of that. But uh, you're participating in mm-hmm. it and answering questions, too, yeah, so I don't, that makes you know, it fun. I don't
3: chime in on everything. And, mm-hmm. and, of course, remember, on the Internet, not everything that you read is true. <laughs> 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 so, duh. you know, yeah, yeah. One, one of the, uh, one of the, the rules on, on the group is, you know, uh, that,
1: uh,
3: well, I'll get into that
1: later. Yeah, <laughs> funny. Hey, let's go to Ms. Pam. Yeah, Good her. morning, Miss Pam. You're in the Mid-South Garden.
6: Yes, uh, I was curious and uh, wondering what you all think about the hydrangeas this year since they had such a bad time last year. Or you think they're dead this year?
2: Boy, they did have a bad time last year. You're not kidding, mm-hmm. Pam. Um, I haven't, you know, that's the one thing that I didn't mm-hmm. look at in my yard were the hydrangeas. I think they're fine.
1: I, I think so, too. Mine went yeah. some intense And what, what's the difference they're between
2: fine. this year and last year?
3: Well, it just last year it happened before anything had hardened off. happened in November been so warm, and, and it just split the tissue all the way to the ground. Uh, this year, it's been cold. Um, mm-hmm. The buds all of mine look tight. Now, if you've had some out on the southern side of the house that may have had a little green already pop on them, then, yeah, the flowers are probably toast on those, but I think the stems are good. You know, they grow hydrangeas up into Minnesota, mm-hmm. and they bloom every year. Uh, it's just this is a tough place. You could not pick a worse place in the country to grow hydrangeas. Only
1: because of the weather, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's
3: because our ground freezes and thaws, and you know, and they do really well going south where it never freezes, and they do really well up north where it freezes and stays frozen. But here, they get confused you know like me <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> well it, it I, just,
6: I hope they are going to be doing good this year i, I missed them last right year. yeah i think exactly. we're
3: good. i really
2: do yeah
1: thanks so much thanks, thanks pam thank have, have a great week weekend co- dear so really when the hydrangeas do fantastic you could almost say we're blessed yes we are <laughs> yeah now,
2: and we're talking about the old-fashioned hydrangeas mm-hmm. the pinks and the, the blues mop heads, the yeah. mop heads now because you know the newer varieties that are more sun tolerant
1: wait wait the what is a why do we call that a mop? I've never seen a mop that looks like yeah, the flowers. Bowl. Why do we call them mop heads? You know, there we go. I find Why
3: do we call it an occasional table? What is it when it's not right a table?
1: There, exactly. You know? Where do these <laughs> names right. come from? I'm going to have to look this up. But anyway. But the
2: old mop heads <laughs> were the ones we're talking about uh, that they'll bloom this year off of last year's growth. And that's what happens, you know, a lot of that tissue that's sitting there is ready to bloom Mm -hmm. from last year, and that's what gets frozen back a lot of times, uh, depending on the weather. Well, the newer varieties, you know, the paniculata varieties, limelight, little Mm -hmm. limes, you know, quickfire, those type of hydrangeas, they can actually get frozen to the ground. Come back from the root and still bloom the same year. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a crepe myrtle, I they hope, bloom on the same year's growth.
1: I hope the standards didn't like the PG hydrangeas and the you know the the standards will have the trunk. I think they're the, again I for the, the, the most part. Me too. Good, good, yeah, good, I think good, they're good. good. Oh, I'm glad for that. Yeah. Wow. So you know we'll just wait and see too because we won't. I mean, when y- y'all start seeing things that like when it starts coming out and we're in, in the, or March, April. Yeah. You might see some things that have issues that you don't see now. I mean,
2: yeah, and we're, we're going to see mm-hmm. some damage out there. You know, There's no absolutely. doubt about it. But I mean, but I was thinking, you know, in zero mm-hmm. degree temperatures, yeah. I was thinking, man, you know, here we go again, you yeah. know? So, um, well, you know, I, I've s-
3: s- several people mentioned this week that, you know, they, they've moved up here from Mobile and said it occasionally gets single digit down there. And and the Azaleas recovered just mm-hmm. fine. I said, well... You know, that's true, but the ground wasn't frozen like it is here. Mm. I mean, when you start freezing the ground on a zone 8 or a low zone 8 plant, that makes a world of difference. And because our roots here are so shallow, Mm. it doesn't take much freezing to get deep enough to do Do that that. root system. Yeah. So So, it is going to be a wait and see. I wouldn't do anything right now. I wouldn't trim mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. I'd just
2: wait. That's exactly what I was telling people. They want to know if they could go out Mm -hmm. there because they were seeing brown foliage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should I just go ahead and just whack these things back? I said, no, no, let's be patient. Let's see yeah. what flushes out this spring. Yeah. We'll
3: know sooner than later. Pruning automatically stimulates a plant to try to put out growth when mm-hmm. you cut it back. So, I mean, in theory, you could cut it now and have new growth sprout when we've still got a chance of a, a freeze or a mm-hmm. frost mm-hmm. in April. So it's best now wait a couple more weeks and then you'll be past that threat. Yeah. Um now the upside is you know it re- I told y'all this a month ago that once we got past this cold spell it looks like it's going to be a nice spring right and and it looks that way now it mm-hmm. look you know the experts are are again saying that the jet stream's going to stay north of us and we possibly could not see another
1: man mm-hmm. we're ready i'm feeling so, spring yeah. okay now, here we go spring we will get a frost <laughs> yeah we will this is <laughs> we will true we will get a frost and we will have to put our yeah. annuals up to yeah. be protected from the frost and we're going to go through that we've got the annuals in but it's really not time to plant a lot yeah. but containers and all and
3: i was out at the botanic garden yesterday doing some potting helping them uh, doing some volunteer hours and and they um they have moved their plant sale later in the month because, you know, oh. and I kind of urge them to do that because, uh, you know, having it the first week in April and bring in that many annuals, you're going to have to protect mm-hmm. them. you got to be prepared to protect them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've moved it. Uh, several weeks from, later From you know. early April to late April Yeah, it's going to be after Easter now, I bet so, there'll yeah.
1: even be more people Because so many people are diehards On yeah. I am not doing it until after and, the and 15th it's of Your April.
3: ground normally is mm-hmm. not warm enough
2: To get much root development Until yeah. closer to the 1st of May This is well, true But Jim, there yeah. are people that have side bets With their neighbor On who can grow the best <laughs> tomatoes It always comes back to the tomato, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to get that tomato in the ground As soon as they possibly can I don't care if they have to build A protective wall around them to, to protect them.
1: But um, you know, Isn't it's you know kind it's of funny? like
2: yeah, the gardening's
3: supposed to be relaxing, and yeah, it makes a lot of us not we're working <laughs> so hard.
1: <laughs> well, what about like if you plant a tomato in cold soil and then. About three weeks later, plant another tomato. They'll next produce year. about the same time. Exactly, yeah. they'll produce about the same time. You know, time. but
2: it makes us feel good. But you're not really getting a head start on anybody.
1: We're just getting yeah. spring fever so bad. We have to have something to piddle. Now, the with. upside
2: of tomatoes, they like a little
3: cool weather. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a really good grower will expose them to cold, and you'll see the, the stems get really purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that's because they've lower headed temperature lower and get some 40s on it makes a good sturdy stout plant mm. well, but I like a lot of plants don't like that so.
1: right <laughs> all right y'all we're gonna take a break call us at two six zero five nine two six.
0: self-gardening grown by your friends at dan west garden center for details on how you can start home growing visit danwestonline.com
1: good morning gardeners and welcome back you're here with beta kenneth and
2: jim yes you are you can give us a call 260-5926 260-5926 guys it's that easy have any questions about gardening anything give us a call I had a text y'all from a gentleman that said uh, any other reports of mosquitoes this week mm-hmm. question mark I left my back door open yesterday afternoon. This was, I think, last Tuesday when I got this. Left my back door open yesterday afternoon to enjoy some mild temperatures. And my wife had to smash a mosquito in our kitchen. How is that even possible mm-hmm. only four days after a lengthy freeze?
1: Right. And yeah, we were talking about that, too. It's how so deep, how long does it have to freeze? And we're saying that these mosquitoes are snuggly down in the uh, mulch and in the leaf. And, and like Jim's up in the yeah. eaves of
3: you know of your house, wherever there's warmth. Uh, they're patient. They're patient they' are patient, huh. they're just like a cursor on a
2: com on a computer they'll wait <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: so
5: gosh, I mean but we've a always, long wait. <laughs> we, you know
2: we, we've always heard and we talked about this you know after a good cold spell that you know especially the one insect we talk about is the mosquitos won't be so bad the next year,
1: yep. Oh, I remember sitting on the front. It's like we could call it a myth or old wives' tale, because I remember sitting on the front porch with my grandmother or whoever the relatives rocking. Well, <laughs> we shouldn't have as many insects this year mm-hmm. after that freeze, or mosquitoes this yeah, year. Yeah, you know? and and it was just like. Every year I'd go, really? How many were you she thinking? she our wives?
2: Huh? Old wives? Yeah, mm-hmm. old
1: wives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wives? Did I say that? Tale. I said my nan. Oh, <laughs> old wives' tale. Did I say <laughs> An old wives' tale. <laughs> huh. Okay. So anyway. So
2: I still think we're going to have a mosquito population. So
1: we need to yeah. get an arsenal of, uh, may as well just go out and get your mole stuff and your mosquito stuff and your slug stuff. Go ahead and start That's stocking right. up. You know, why not have it so when you see this happen in your yard, you can just run and get it because it's gonna happen. Going to happen. But um, instead of like, oh no, it's happening and then it takes you a week to go get the stuff and then they've really started. So as soon as you see anything happen, if you can take care of it Well and yeah and and
2: one of the first things you need to run out and grab, including all the stuff that you just talked about, Veda, is the old pre emergent. The uh, old pre-emerge. Yeah, I mean, is that it's, like
1: old wives?
2: It, it's just something that if you, for long maintenance, it's just something you have to do. Um, you know, typically it's in a in a bag. It's a granulated product that you put out. Uh, and the one that we sell, and I think y'all do too, Veda, is uh, the high yield weeding grass topper containing dimension. Uh, dimension, the small bag covers about 3,000 square feet. The big bag mm-hmm. covers about 9,000 square feet. But the beauty of dimension, even though... It is a newer generation of pre-emergent, mm-hmm. meaning that it will control a lot of weed seeds that some of the older ones yeah. won't anymore. But the beauty of it also is not only can you use it in your lawn, uh, you can also apply it up to your, in your beds, mm-hmm. uh, your flower beds, which, you know, back in the yeah. back in the day, <laughs> you'd have to get one for the uh-huh. lawn and then another one for the beds. But yes. well, this one you can use uh, everywhere. Except veggies. Except vegetable mm-hmm. beds. That's right. And... Uh, what it does uh, it, it is what all pre emergents do. It, it inhibits the, it keeps the seed from maturing. Let me put it that way. Uh, so it, it stops the seed at that point.
1: Because they're already growing in the ground. Yeah, well, but in the it, it, darkness, in the soil. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: but it won't control anything already up and growing. You'll have to go out mm-hmm. there and, and spray post-emergence for that. Right. But if you want a, a weed-free lawn, uh, I mean, one of the one of the best things you can do, and I'm telling you, is uh, start applying those pre-emergence. Starting now, come back in about three months and do it again, and you'll you reduce your, your weeds by 90%. I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. Now, not every weed comes up from a seed, as y'all know. Some of them come up from a root, like a perennial weed. It won't stop that from coming up because it's coming back from a root. But most of the weeds out there do come up from seed, and crabgrass, for example, And you're just not going to have that much of a problem if you start using these pre-emergence. Incorporate that into your lawn maintenance. Yeah. And one of the,
3: the upsides of dimension is it's a little forgiving. Because it actually will kill crabgrass up to about the three-leaf stage. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you know, once it's if if, if you're, you're late, a little bit out, yeah, you still got a shot at controlling it. Oh, yeah, wow, that's one interesting. The, yeah, one of the few pre and plus, you know, it doesn't hurt bulbs, which so many of the old mm-hmm. ones used to would just yeah. decimate or bulbs. irises. What what do we yeah. think
1: about irises? Still? Yeah, it's
3: it's fine for use yeah, around well. irises. Uh, it's yeah. great.
1: So I noticed you said it was a new generation. Um, was that the word? Yeah, 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 the pre-emergent. But um, when did that come out? Actually? Oh, and it's been out for ten yeah. years. Know, so more, it, it's yeah. funny um, um, because what you know, oh, nothing for, else new is forever, out. Ever
3: though, all we had was Treflan. Yeah. pretty right. much. You know, uh, and it does a good job on grassy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just not real good on broad leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, that's And then where we it
2: had. Um, had pentamethalin, which pendimethylene. was in the old Scotts Halts, right. yeah, which Those. you know people use for thirty years. But after thirty years of use, but that you had also, you know, a limit of
3: twice a year, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just didn't get six months control right. out
1: of it. You know, um, I was going to say, if y'all don't want us to talk technical, give us a call two six zero five nine two six and Throw us in another direction. Yes, you're talking Is technical. there another way to talk? I, you know, <laughs> I'm wondering. <laughs> and, and let me
2: say this also. You know, I mentioned the pre-emergent, which is mm-hmm. really important when it comes to lawn maintenance. And then I mentioned a word post-emergent, which you can use once the weeds come up or any weeds that are actively growing. Uh, let's say, let's just use weed beater ultra or weed free zone, for example, by Fertilone. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are broadly weed killers. And it only has to be above 45 degrees for that product to work or those products to work. Uh, no rain for 24 hours. And and most of the broadleaf weed killers, uh, you know, when we used to use Trimec, for example, it, you know, it needed warmer temperatures to really do a good job. Where these newer, they're again, newer generations of uh, of herbicides, they do, they're again, a really good job Even in cool temperatures, which is really important so you can get out there and get them like chickweed that's growing crazy right now. Henbit's going nuts right Mm -hmm. now. You can go ahead and go out there and spray this time of year and get really good control on killing
1: them now. And it also will control clover, Mm -hmm. which is kind of funny because I am going to go out and um, consult someone on growing a clover lawn. Really? But then there's, because, uh, you know, clover lawns are, are popular, are becoming something now. Did not They're know not that. not in the Mid-South as much yet. But a lot of people are going with that. And some, see your mic's doing it too, up and down. There's a ghost in here. A lot of people are going with, uh, with tr- trying to do the clover lawn. And I've even heard some people are using it around baseball fields because it recovers so quickly. Well, or actually, no, pathways, pathways.
3: Actually, Unless you've got a new kind of clover, normally it doesn't take foot traffic well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and see, I, that was curious. If you've got children or dogs, mix it with a um, some sort of grass, okay? Mm-hmm. Even if it's shady, then with some perennial rye or, or some fescue, fescue mm-hmm. um, you're still going to have mm-hmm. to do some reseeding, but it's better than, it, it just doesn't stand normally tromping on it. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you're going to see these things about micro clovers. Well, that's a little misleading if if you plant ladino which is probably the best one for this area and just mow it frequently Mm -hmm. like you would your normal lawn it's going to stay small okay it's still Mm going to bloom you'll have Mm -hmm. your pollinators uh and and it'll be fine and it does a fair job at keeping out competition
1: at one time back at way back again if you had a clover lawn you were considered pretty cool
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was young, that's what you did. You laid down in there, Mm -hmm. you know, on a nice day and looked for four-leaf clovers. Yeah. Well,
2: and we always say a weed's only a weed if it's growing where you don't want it to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, a clover in my front yard is a weed. Clover in someone else's front yard might be a pollinator,
1: but if can you leave it for just a little bit so the bees can get some food? Yeah, I don't have it
2: in there long enough to bloom, my dear.
1: Oh, can you? That's what I was saying. Can you leave it just a little bit? Let it bloom for the bees. No, and that's early food. And
2: that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it just everybody has their own taste when it comes to you know whether they want when I say weeds, wildflowers. Yeah. Uh, in their beds or in their lawn wherever but uh, you know I just I'm one of those I don't know why that I just want a clean lawn <laughs> and well, and I've that, always said cool Beta, too. you know back yeah. you know even when I used to get the, uh, the paper you know I used to actually get the paper now I read it online I could not go from the front door mm-hmm. down to the bottom of the driveway to get pick up the paper and walk back in my house without plucking yeah. a weed on the way back
1: i get that too you know because if i am going to have an ice cream lawn it can't have anything i used to be like except that, for some henbit
2: rather
3: heavily medicated now and I've <laughs> right so
1: it. so you can handle you know, get ocd <laughs> and it's not stressful well it is the henbit time the beautiful beautiful henbit's going to be blooming <sighs> i love the fields of it
2: notice how she said
1: beautiful henbit beautiful, see to me beautiful. henbit is a crazy
2: broadleaf weed that are in the and mid much of what you, actually, you yeah and much yeah. of what
3: you see is not actually hinbit it's dead nettle mm. they mm. look very similar yeah. if the leaf is heart-shaped that's dead nettle if it's lobed then that's um, henbit. bed. Mm-hmm. so you know they they bloom identical they're very closely related but the you beauty
2: know, of it is though, Weed free zone will kill both of them. Yes, the they will. Beauty. And that's all that matters to me. Yeah. yeah.
1: And who's gonna how are you gonna make the necklaces with the clover flowers? I just
2: go to the neighbor's yard.
1: Yeah, there you go. Didn't you make necklaces with clover flowers, Jim? And maybe yes, I, did. I was thinking and so maybe he, everybody did that at the time. Mm. It didn't matter. Oh yeah, but maybe my neighbor
2: will see me spraying to kill my broadleaf you're weeds. You're working he'll it think, and he'll you're think working I need to be doing it. the same thing.
1: You're
3: and when working we come it. back we're gonna talk about how to spray that weed killer properly oh, and where you me. should do it. Okay, This is the Dan West Studios this morning We appreciate Dan West sponsoring this program You are listening to Mid-South Gardening Right here on KWAM
0: Now, back to Mid-South Gardening Grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center For details on how you can start home growing Visit danwestonline.com
1: And welcome back. Give us a call, 260 5926, or you can put questions on the Facebook page. You can stream us also, and you can Mm -hmm. check out Jim's Facebook page.
2: And then if you miss all of that, you can always go back and listen to the podcast at your convenience. Or you can
1: come see me at Plateau Gardens or Kenneth at Dan West. And Jim Jim, is our recliner in his living room. Yeah, that's what that, and you know, I that's where we're not in it very much this week. That's you know? what I was gonna say. I now, up that doing used stuff. to be you went to the but,
3: grocery
2: store,
1: oh, got that's my first awesome. shot. Yeah, you go, okay, yes, mm. sir.
2: Mm. Uh, right. Jim, were we were talking about spray, yeah, let's uh, talk about herbicides.
3: There, herbicides. you know, uh, they do a great thing, you know, and, and you can make your lawn look absolutely perfect. But if you've got a nice looking lawn, mm-hmm. why would you want to spray herbicide over the entire Thank thing? Thank you. I love you, Jim, yeah, for okay. that. And I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In most cases you want to select very selectively spray. Go out there and just spray. And and I have a a, a sprayer dedicated to just herbicides. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have one dedicated just for Roundup. Mhm. Um, cuz I can use that in both flower beds and we round up will to. kill anything that it touches mm, it's just right. non-selective. And, the,
1: right. and even though you dump it out and, and it pers- doesn't
3: cause cancer regardless of what you've said. Well, heard. but even though the yeah.
2: people that think it, the people that think it does the, the new product decimate is on the market now which is a roundup type product it's not roundup Jim but it does mm-hmm. exactly the same thing that roundup yeah, does. Yeah, it's glufosinate. Right. Um
3: so anyway, um one of the biggest mistakes people make is spraying particularly up underneath trees. Remember that our trees are look like, imagine a wine goblet and a dinner plate. Okay, The root zone is much wider than the top of the plant. So if you're out there broadcasting, spraying in full sun, you're spraying the root zone of any tree in your yard likely mm-hmm. you, you may also yeah. be spraying the root zone of the trees in your neighbor's yard because they're <laughs> probably over there in your yard whoops so a single spraying is not going to hurt the tree but if you're doing that year after year you can Hurt that tree, so, so
2: you're saying anywhere within the drip line of a desirable tree, even out be, you definitely want to be more selective,
3: ex- especially under the tree, yeah. but even out that because the most active feeder roots are well beyond the drip line of that tree. Right, all right. So it it's best to just mix them up. It's more economical to mix it up and have a little sprayer and go out there and just zap what you want to kill. The hook to the hose type, ready to spray things, are convenient but you're going to be putting a lot of herbicide
2: down in areas that probably don't need herbicide. Well, but I I, I was fixing to touch on that. If you buy, and I love using ready-to-spray products. I don't have to mix anything. I just hook it to the hose and start spraying. But what you don't want to do, you're not watering your lawn. That's right. You're just spraying the foliage (laughs) of these weeds. So if you move along, you know, you're okay. Right. And the other thing
3: is, because you have water pressure there, you don't have a lot of say over the pressure exactly. and the drift that, that you're makes going to get. I agree, totally. So, yeah. you put out a lot more chemical, uh, and particularly if you're looking at temperatures that are approaching mm-hmm. 75, 80 degrees, mm-hmm. you can get even there some um, vaporization of the chemical. And yeah, I think the most of you, you
2: don't want to use when it's above, say, 86 degrees. You, but, right. Yeah.
3: But even below that, you can mm-hmm. get some. Um, so, be be smart, be, be careful. That's right. Um, uh, be very yeah. careful how you spray your herbicides. Okay? I
1: just like using the pump-up sprayer. I do too. Yeah, you have because a whole lot more control. A lot have... cheaper because you know, mm-hmm. I,
3: you know, I fired my lawn service company a few years. Who back, hasn't? Thank but, you. Yeah, because <laughs> they they put down on a day that was approaching eighty-five degrees, two point seven ounces of Trimac nine ninety on my lawn. Mm-hmm. I walked around the lawn that afternoon and I knew I was going to get some herbicide damage. I just knew it because it was mm-hmm. too warm and I did uh, but I couldn't find a single broadleaf weed. I found a couple of oak seedlings. But why would they spray my entire yard and have broadleaf weeds,
1: you know? And so th- It's a system that they don't have to think yeah. I understand about understand spraying it,
3: pre-emerges. Let me ask thing. You yeah. Let me ask
2: this question. Let's say if you've got a uh, weed-free zone, for example, or weed Beater ultra, which are my top 2 mm-hmm. when it comes to broadleaf weed killers. Now, and there's a new one, uh, a fairly new one. Uh, fertilome weed out with nutgrass grass control. It's got soil Frencher zone in it. Mm-hmm. Great product, I'm telling you. Does a really good job on broadleaf weeds also. But let's just say I've got to concentrate that I want to mix with water and put it in my pump-up sprayer. Do I also want to add a surfactant, a spreader sticker to that product? Well, I, normally I
3: would say yes. Mm-hmm. Most of them now have some sort of surfactant in it. Okay. Finally, Right. But you also <laughs> want to make sure that you shake it thoroughly before you put it into your container because mm-hmm. your surfactant may have settled out in the process of, of sitting in a warehouse gotcha. and or sitting on a shelf. So mix it up really good before you do that. But adding surfactant is never a bad thing, okay, because mm-hmm. it's going to help improve your kill, particularly with weeds <clears> like Clover, okay, that are kind of waxy. So Um, you spray the water beads up and rolls. Clover? Did you
1: have to say clover? Yes, I mean, you know, because
3: it. it, To some people, it's a weed. Uh, Wild violets, because of the Mm -hmm. shape of their leaf, just runs right down the stem to the ground. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trimec, these type products are their growth. Their hormones. They really Mm -hmm. are. These are plant hormones. They make the plant just really grow fast. And if you get a so rain behind it them, kills them. Yeah. if you get a rain behind them, it just kind of makes a super fertilizer out of it, mm-hmm. okay? You'll get mm-hmm. a lot of growth, but sometimes you don't get a good kill. So it's when all else fails, read the instructions. Yeah.
1: So the I easiest agree. part is putting pre-emergence out. But, but also,
2: uh, when that's <laughs> some, the best thing yeah. you can do. And Wendy Johnston, I know we got only one minute, Wendy uh, Johnston uh, texted in. She said, what is a good post-emergent for poenna? Well, we know Poana is annual bluegrass, wild bluegrass. looks like a real pretty fine green grass. It's a grass.
1: beautiful lawn in the north. Yeah, but
2: up down here south, is, mm. and we hate it because it burns out when it gets hot. And it's, it's green right now in your nice brown Bermuda or Zoysia lawns. We just don't like it down here. Uh, spraying with a product like Image uh, has Poana on the label uh, as opposed to as Merchant. Image kills other weeds also. Really good product. It just works really slow. So call, go out there and spray the image, come back in about three weeks, if need be, reapply it and you will get rid of that poena. Do
1: you have to water after the image? I will explain Without that. That week. sounds yeah. good. Okay, we're going to be right back.
0: the garden help you need. From three of the top experts in the Mid-South, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com. Now, Mid-South Gardening on the Mighty 990 with your hosts, Veda Vance, Kenneth Mabry, and Jim Crowder.
1: Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to the second hour of the Mid South Gardening. You're here with Kenneth and Jim and me. Who is me? I'm beta.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. Good morning, me and Jim. Hello. <laughs> You're not right. First. It's Kenneth. Hello. Jim and I.
1: Yes. Well, I but do. she called
2: herself me, is what I said. I that
1: did, kind of like. and I usually Still start not. off with me anyway, but I started <laughs> off with y'all.
2: But good morning, Ms. Veda. Um, All right, If you anyway. want to give us a call, 260-5926, 260-5926. I know we got Vicky. Hang on one second. I had someone text in and said, Jim, real quick, uh, Rebecca and Veda, uh, Rebecca Maddox, my neighbor living behind me has Martin houses, so I rarely see a mosquito. Um, we also have a lot of dragonflies to eat any mosquitoes. There's some truth and some myth there, right? That's true, yes. Dragonflies are definitely our friends.
3: They are. They are number one predator for mosquitoes, both in larval form in the water and as adults. So, yeah, so we need to build more water garden. That's Just right. Just
1: to have more dragonflies fly- take care of mosquitoes.
2: Well, but the more water features you have, the more mosquitoes you have.
1: No, because no. if the water is moving, then they yeah, can't the lay if the is moving, eggs. they're not, and
3: it's easy to control them in the With water. The BT, you know. yeah. but, but you'll get dragonflies in there to control them anyway.
2: All right, so what about She's the uh, purple the martins? Because I know for a fact that when we used to sell mm-hmm. purple martin houses eons ago, okay, <laughs> one of the big selling... You know, mm-hmm. incentives for Purple Martins uh, houses was to bring in the Purple Martins because they eat up to a thousand mosquitoes a day right. each Purple Martin. Okay. What do you got to say That's about that, I Mr. Jim?
3: There's not a whole lot of truth in that. Okay. Um, this all started back many years ago, like in the 40s or something, where a, an ornithologist was driving uh, down the road, and he hit and killed a Purple Martin. Oh, well, I thought he loved birds. Well, he did, but it was an accident. Okay. You know, <laughs> committed suicide in front of him. So, well, that's what they anyway, do. Anyway, yeah, he yeah, took it so. and <laughs> opened it up to see what it had been eating, just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And he found over 2,000 mosquitoes in its gut. Well, that's that's amazing. So, the, you know, logic is, hey, they eat mosquitoes. It's good to bring them in. Well, the fact is, he was in a swamp. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, in reality, and in around neighborhoods, um, they eat very few. They eat more dragonflies and moths than anything else. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, well, think if I about, was think,
1: riding a motorcycle with my mouth open in the swamp, I'd have two thousand mosquitoes in my stomach.
3: Well, that's a nice picture. So, yeah. um, but, <laughs>
1: but, but, but you're not. I
2: mean, they surely will eat mosquitoes. They will eat some, but yes, it's
3: not like the. But they're actually doing more damage than good because they eat more uh, dragonflies than they do mosquitoes, and the and the dragonflies do more for the mosquitoes than the martins do. Um, martins fly high. You've seen them up, you know, and then they come down to about 14 feet when they go in their house. Mm. All right. But mosquitoes don't fly high. Mosquitoes are low. Mosquitoes come out about dusk. Martins go in at dusk. Mm. Um, There are other birds that like swallows that are better at Mm. mosquito control. Um, but because of that one report and and it got, you know, it's like you said it and then it was like, if there had been a web, it would have gone around the world in a few seconds. Uh, everybody believed that this was the right thing to do. Um, and, and I enjoyed, I love Martin houses. I love seeing just zip right into the house there, you know, come to a screaming halt and, and, um, but they're beautiful to watch, but they're not doing a whole lot. Now people will swear that they have no mosquitoes because of, the Martin Martin's, but
1: yeah. So okay. wonder what the reason is. First, you have mosquitoes, but you put your Martin house up, and then you don't. Wonder what what ripple that caused. Like, why? Or do they just? Is it like a placebo? They just believe there's less That's mosquitoes. Pretty much it, because yeah. because you put it up, and it's a placebo. So yeah. That can happen too. I'm
3: wearing a new shirt here in front of them. Y'all tell mm-hmm. them what it says. This is a moment of science, please. Right. <laughs> I know. I wore this for the two of them. <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, science is different as we progress. Yeah, <laughs> which is why you keep up. All right, let's go to Vicky. Good morning, Vicky. You're in the garden.
4: Hey, hey, hey Miss Vicky. Kenneth and Jim. I'm so <laughs> glad I found you guys. I used to listen to you every Saturday on 600. Yes, ma'am but I found you. You have gone to 990, I see. <laughs> well, thank
2: you, Miss Vick. We sure appreciate you tuning in, my dear. And we are tickled to be here.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a couple of things I want you guys to discuss. Uh, the first is uh, my lawn. Mm-hmm. All throughout this winter, even with those uh, freezing temperatures, you know, the ice and the snow and, and the like, mm-hmm. my lawn, uh, even though the ice have dried and the snow have dried Mm -hmm. it's remained green so does that mean i just have a lawn (laughs) full of weeds i've I've never got well i i used to get my lawn treated uh years back but i have a pecan tree in the yard but it don't seem to uh bear but you know maybe once every two or three years so um i stopped getting um my lawn treated but i'm gonna start back because um those uh, weeds, I'm yeah. thinking, is what's green because my mm-hmm. neighbor, she get her lawn treated mm-hmm. and um, it's dormant now and it looks like hay. Well, mm-hmm. you're right.
2: Yeah. And and, and, and your the answer could be either way. If you have a Bermuda or Zoysia lawn, then it should be dormant. It should look like hay, like you just said, this time of year. If mm-hmm. you've got ryegrass or if you've got mm-hmm. fescue, uh, then it stays green year-round. Um, But typically you see fescue growing in shaded environments where Bermuda and zoysia just won't grow. People go out of their way to plant fescue because of the shade. So, you know, if it's not fescue, um, (laughs) then it's, yes, ma'am, it's going to be some type of a weed. Yes, ma'am.
4: Yeah, because I'm seeing uh, clumps of funny looking stuff, you know.
2: No, that's going to be more of a weed. Yes, ma'am.
4: Yeah, okay. And um well, um I'd want to talk to the second thing I want to uh that I wanted you all to discuss um is moles. <laughs> you know, I have I I didn't have them at, at least they hadn't manifested themselves before now, but they are really my 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 side lawn and my back uh yard. They are really tearing it up and um i used to hear you all talk about the way you could tell they Mm -hmm. have these little tunnels and you could see Mm -hmm. how they borrow you know Mm -hmm. in a straight line and i go out there and i push down on them with my foot and it's springy Mm -hmm. and i'm just wondering um oh and I, i remember you said once that the way you could get rid of them is to get rid of their food supply yeah, will and and I'm wondering, will me getting my lawn treated? Would that will that get rid of the grubs? <clears or> their, <throat> that's their main food supply. Yeah, if
1: they treat if they treat it with an insecticide. Yeah, they yeah like Veda said, if they treat it with an insecticide to get rid of
2: the uh, the uh, the grubs. But in, in invariably, you're getting rid of the earthworms also. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. You know, unfortunately, you know, earthworms, that's a big food supply for moles. And, you oh, know, is it? Oh, yes, yeah. ma'am. And you got to get rid of both of them too.
1: We're kind of stuck with that one. Now, I know earthworms can repopulate, you know, but sometimes it takes a minute for them to do that. Whew. But okay, the moles is, it's like you need to go get one of everything and start with one and then change it out, change it out, change it out.
2: <laughs> well, it, but it comes down to it, Veda, And we've talked about this many times. Uh, <clears throat> One of the angles is what Vicky just said. You can put down granulated insecticides mm-hmm. to kill the grubs and the worms. If you get rid of the food source, invariably they're going to go somewhere else. They've got to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, you can repel them. You can get castor oil under the name of Mole Max or Mole Go. Mole Go is a liquid that you spray out there, hook it to your hose and start spraying. Mole Max is the granulated product that you put out with a spreader and water it in. They're exactly the same product. All they are is castor oil, and they supposedly will repel the mole out of your lawn and back into the neighbors. Okay. Thirdly, you can get traps, and you mm-hmm. got to make sure you put the traps on the active tunnels. Uh, and then the last way is you can get um, poisons. You can mm-hmm. get baits, um, and I tell you, one of the best baits out there is the poison worms.
1: <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Yes. Because they're supposed mm-hmm. to attract it because they smell.
2: Like a worm, and, and they I'm feel like, like a worm, but they're man-made, and they are poison, but you got to put these worms in the mm-hmm. tunnels, and as they go grubbing through there, you know, they eat one, and that kills them.
1: What science figured that one out? I don't know, How but do I, they, I, like, I need to, I want to shake his hand unhoved, or her hand. Like, sniff this worm, and the moles, sniff this worm, the moles go, Yeah, 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 <laughs> like that one. So whether you're trying to
2: bait Sham. them, whether you're trying to repel them, whether you're trying to trap them, or whether mm-hmm. you kill their food source, Vicky. Uh, there are different ways you can try to get rid of these
1: moles. All right, we'll be back with Jim's comment on moles as well, because <laughs> <laughs> moles are a deep subject. <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: Now back to Mid South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com.
1: Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back. You are listening to Veda, Kenneth, and Jim, and we've got some callers on board, so we're going to go ahead and do that. We're going to go to Jamie, the master gardener. Good morning, Jamie. You're in the garden.
4: Good morning.
2: Hey, Jamie. Good morning to you, buddy. We're sorry you had to wait uh, on the phone that long, but um, we try to get to you as soon as we can.
4: Look, I understand. Look, y'all y'all got my attention really early this morning with tomatoes. <laughs> and uh, somebody mentioned the grass or whatever it is. Not the crabgrass, but...
5: Like poanna.
4: Yeah, man, I'm telling you, that's still eating meat alive here.
3: But anyway, and it, uh, zero degrees doesn't affect it at all. No. 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 Right. It, it's, it's a full cool season. season, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: it's or weeds, either.
3: Yeah. But anyway, y'all, we just want to let y'all know we're here.
1: All right, Jamie, because where be tomatoes safe. and your thoughts are the Great tomato Contest coming up. And you said we're attempting to have it, right?
4: Right. We we won't, we think we can. All
1: That's, right. Uh, That's with, great. It
4: has to depend on the on the health of the nation. That's but, right. Uh, but July the 17th, we think we can have it.
1: All right. You'll keep us posted, and we'll keep everybody we posted as well. So we'll we get we a few will.
3: seconds here in a few minutes. We're going to talk about heirloom
1: tomatoes. Yeah. Tomatoes. yeah. What okay, makes you, all right? All right.
2: All right Thanks, Jamie, for thank, the call. Thank you, all buddy. Right. Uh, we had someone text in, guys, uh, Miss Glenda. She said, can rutabagas be successfully grown as an early spring crop? You know, because most of the cool weather stuff we do in the fall, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get away with planting some of that stuff in the early spring, uh, whether it's lettuce and some of those things, knowing that as soon as it gets hot, you know, they start to bolt and everything else. Um, because she said they're typically grown in the fall and harvested after the first frost. So what's y'all's ideas about trying to plant rutabagas in the spring other than and also in the fall? I mean, if you had to choose, of course we would say Mm -hmm. fall. Fall, but even that, you know, we don't have a
3: whole lot of fall or a whole lot of spring. You know, this Mm -hmm. is not the best place to try to
2: grow rutabagas. And rhubarb and those kind of things.
3: Yeah. um, (laughs) But I would say it it would be difficult to do it now. You're looking at something that's going to take 90 to even as much as 120 days to mature, and that's going to put you into hot weather. Yeah. And I just don't think you would have a whole lot of success. Yeah. And I asked my compadres here if they knew where Rutabagas came from.
1: The grocery store. That's
3: pretty much right, yeah. (laughs) But they actually are an accidental cross um, somewhere in the 1500s, 1600s or so. And I'd read this a while back. Um, They actually are a cross between a cabbage and a turnip amazing that happened accidentally i
2: mean how in the world could that possibly even happen
3: um some bee just yep. decided
2: yeah
1: some bee <laughs> that's some bee yeah. <laughs> just made my cabbage mix yeah. with my a yeah. well, oh, turnip and rutabaga and the rutabaga
2: mm-hmm. is really like a big turnip is yes, what it somewhere. is yeah um but so we're saying no. if you're saying no, you're, you're better off waiting till fall. Yeah, for sure. Now, okay.
1: you could do it, but mm. it seems like then you start trying to shade it from the sun, and then it's getting a little late. Well, extra but then the soil temperatures start to get warm, gets, also. Yeah, because it starts stressing. Mm. So just, just don't on that. I, I'm going to say. Yeah. I've always been into, oh, let me try, let me try, let me try. Now I'm like, nope. I just want to know. <laughs> I'm not going to do it if I have to try that hard. But there's a lot of things coming up that we can plant, right? Like the sweet peas. And I'm like, there's a lot of things like the sweet peas. I well, can't remember anything <laughs> well, and, else now. You know, sweet
2: pea is, a you know, then nasturtiums, you know, and those kind of yeah. things. You, you do want to plant, you know, earlier than, mm-hmm. than later. But, uh, you know, a lot of the, there again, I mean, typically because like Jim just said, we don't have much of a fall. We really don't have much of a spring, even though we, we call it spring. Mm-hmm. It really goes from, you know, it seems like zero to a hundred overnight. So you know, there's mostly in the Mid-South, you know, we see mm-hmm. the, the summer-grown veggies more than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. the tomatoes and eggplant and peppers and those kind of and herbs and all those kind of things. And those what they do really well mm-hmm. um, because we have such a long growing season. If, you know, they're, again, if you plant them in the right spot and take care of them. It's just it can be tough on some of these cool weather plants, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get a good yield out of those.
1: Yes, when I have clients that want to do fall, when I had clients that wanted to do fall gardens, I would kind of be like, "Oh, are you sure?" Yeah, you I mean, want it's, to? I mean, people <laughs> love
2: growing their own lettuce and and, and greens yeah, and so forth. That, they and love they want, it. See,
1: they wanted to go like the whole gamut, but lettuce and greens, leafy things, are a lot easier in your landscape. You can. I mean, that could be a border, mm-hmm. and it would be green in the yeah. winter. Wow.
5: yeah
3: as long as you don't mind picking the slugs out of it oh see there we go <laughs>
1: but, well that would be the same if it was in the garden right really maybe or the worms off of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah well that's part of growing okay let's go to miss gloria with the community news good morning miss gloria
6: morning kenneth jim and beta how are
2: you? we're great gloria we made it through the you know the I've heard, you know, snow elliptic and all those kind of things. I mean, thank goodness, you know, we're back to mid sixty degree temperatures. I know.
6: I I didn't think we'd ever get out. I
2: didn't now. either. You know, and I love snow. Don't get me wrong, and I love it when it's mm-hmm. snowing. I, I mean, loved it's just, it. I loved it's a it. peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's just because we don't see it a lot. Right. I guess. But I tell you what, Gloria, this stuck around a little longer than than <laughs> than I liked. You know.
6: No, oh, it was a, it was around a lot longer than I wanted.
2: <laughs> Anything going really on in was. the um, in the gardening community this weekend?
6: Okay, well, remember that Kipton County Museum canceled last week. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so th- this week they're <clears throat> having. Supposedly, it would be their last talk, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if they're going to repeat what they were going to do last week or not. Yes. But for this week, it's going to be Getting Your Lawn Ready for Spring and Summer by Booker Lee, who is Shelby County's extension Mm -hmm. agent. Yeah, that'd be good. And and creator of WYPL's What's Mm -hmm. Growing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's from 10 to 1130, mm-hmm. and you must register. And here is the telephone number. It's 901-476-0242.
2: Mm-hmm. 476-0242, so make sure you call, right? Right. Okay. Uh,
6: and the other thing is, heart society usually <clears throat> would meet. This coming Tuesday. Right. Well, I haven't gotten any emails from them as far as what they're doing. Right. So I would just say to everybody to go to their website and keep checking because I checked last night and there was nothing on there.
2: Right. And 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 that could also mean, Gloria, that they're not even having a meeting, correct? I know, but they
6: should at least send us an email letting us that know that. Okay. But their website is www. HorticulturalSociety.com.
5: Okay. Okay.
6: Okay? Yep. Now, Arbor Day celebration is this week at Botanic Mm -hmm. from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's on the 5th, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're going to have a tree planting, a tree and shrub giveaway, And a tour of the grounds and trees. And probably other things. Mm, sounds but, exciting.
1: Yeah, that'd be that'd that. be
5: great
6: if we have nice weather. Yeah, and you want to get out of the house, <laughs> like I do, because it's just driving me nuts. I've painted just about everything, but <laughs>
1: I've heard that before. <laughs> no,
6: I mean it. Yes, oh, I agree. It's I not
2: agree. just you, my dear. I've heard it from a lot of different people. You know. Really. Yes, they can't wait to get yes. out of the house. They'll do anything. They'll go out and pull weeds to get out of the house.
1: All right, oh, it's yeah. time for us to run off to a break. So thank you, Miss Glory, for the community news. We love and you, Miss we'll Glory. We'll be right back.
0: To Mid South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit DanWestonline.com.
1: Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to the My- Mighty990. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Give us a call, 260- Five nine two six two six zero oh mm-hmm. five nine two six. Of course, you can go to the mighty nine ninety on the I say the on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, you can listen to the podcast later on if you yeah. don't get any of this. Or
1: listen to it in the garden center, and mm-hmm. uh, we have it on in the garden center, and somebody will come in and hear one of y'all's voices, and they're like, "Where where's Kenneth? Or where's where's, where's Jim? Jim? I know I hear I'm like them. it's it's on our." show on the TV. I didn't know Jim worked here. (laughs) These cute little comments. So it works real well broadcasting it out. And we've had lots of uh, text and uh, information that people want to know about. But were we continuing? Oh, the the
3: heirloom. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about heirlooms. um,
2: Well, hold on. Define heirloom. Okay. Well, it, it
3: varies kind of depending on but, your, but, your but definition. Just a, okay. just Normally, it's an, an older variety that is open pollinated, which means that it will come true to seed if you save the seed. It's going to
2: be exactly... Yes, okay. but Unlike that's not always
0: others.
3: true, and that's yeah. what I wanted to bring up right. this morning, okay? You know, if you're talking about plants like tomatoes, peppers, beans, peas that are mostly self-pollinated, okay... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, are heirlooms self-pollinated? Th- that's what I'm getting at yeah. now, okay? Those plants are, okay? Yeah. Us- most tomatoes are pollinated by by bumblebees. Right. They get in there and they vibrate and they actually pollinate the flowers. Mm-hmm. But if you have your heirloom, if you're growing multiple heirloom varieties, and mm-hmm. your intent is to save the seed, yeah. and you have them close together, there is a good possibility that you're going to have a hybrid You'll get between some the two. Between the polyps. right? Yeah. With those mm-hmm. plants, you need to have them. If you're growing multiple heirloom tomatoes, and you really want to save the seed to save mm-hmm. yourself a couple of dollars, yeah, you need to have those twelve fifteen feet apart.
2: It's the if they're
3: planted next to each other and try to save the seed, you're going to get some...
2: Wow. Yeah, but if you're not concerned about saving there. the seed, you don't care how then close they are. Then you don't, don't care, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as they got room I, enough to grow. I
3: saw something the other day, a guy's going to plant 60 different varieties of heirloom tomatoes. Yeah. But he ain't going to save the seed unless you've got a really big place. Okay. Now, uh-huh. things like squash and um corn that are either wind or insect pollinated, mm-hmm. they need to be five or six hundred feet apart. Otherwise, you're going to get cross-pollination. Wow. So don't plan on saving the seed unless you've got 100 acres Mm -hmm. or so because
2: they're likely not to be true. All right so we've got heirloom out there and we have hybrids out there. Right.
3: Now we can create a
1: new delicious tomato from the hybrids. You could
3: yes and a lot of people are trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay Okay. they can take you know hybrids are deliberately crossed Mm -hmm. you know. It's like to get a Ramapo you have to cross two different tomatoes to get a -a Ramapo. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you say for c, they go back to one of the parents right, and that's yeah. what hybrids that's an F1 and then sometimes you back cross them and you have an F2 mm. hybrid
2: and, yeah. and, and some of the uh, the benefits of hybrids you get disease resistance mm. okay yeah. you get more disease resistance
5: yeah
1: or, more and more yeah or at least some. <laughs> uh,
3: you get sometimes uh, better production mm-hmm. uh, some insect uh, and uh, like nematode resistance mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that yeah. so some of the hybrids. And then we have what are – they're commonly called genetically modified, but that's not the correct term. It's genetically engineered. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's But GMO
2: when, is typically what you're talking about. But
3: that's not mm-hmm. the right term. Right, I got you. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> it's where we actually go in and we change the genetics to get something that we want. Right. And that, for farmers, is, is big business, okay? You know, being able to put –
2: bt insecticide in mm-hmm. corn right. you know has to protect it from caterpillars right and you know.
1: bt does not harm humans that's right at all. well but so, people
2: hear the word gmo and mm-hmm. they it's a, it's a genetic modified organism and it freaks them out right. that they're that they're consuming something that's been genetically modified yeah
1: we don't even Jim, go down saying, that path you know don't,
2: that's that's nothing to be alarmed right. about it, right. and it's not you know right. if, if y'all
3: remember the guy uh what is his name bill nye the science guy you know, Know, he, he was very good at going in and looking at the science of things and saying, you know, this is what's true and what's not. And somebody asked him one time, have you ever changed your mind about something? And he said, yes, on genetically modified or genetically engineered food. Mm-hmm. He said, I have been walked through this from the get-go. So initially he was against he it. He was against it, yeah. yeah. But he said there's no really no danger there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, but anyway, the whole point is if you're going to grow heirlooms and your intent is to save the seed, Mm -hmm. then you've really got to space them out, okay, Okay. to make that happen.
2: All right. Now, what about, and I guess the reason that people like to grow heirlooms to start with, whether they want to save the seed or not, is for the pure taste it's that. for the taste and sometimes it's just for the provenance to say this this yeah. particular
3: tomato like mortgage lifter and some mm-hmm. of them yeah. it has come down through the years yeah. and, and been the same brandy wine yeah. and some right. of those that and we and they want to continue that I got mm-hmm. you you know so there's there's
2: some of that now uh, is there any problem with uh planting heirlooms close to hybrids well it, you would you gonna, could
3: get some seed cross yeah. yes now uh, many times the hybrids sterile yes okay but sometimes they're not like if you save the seed from better boy you will not get better boys you will get one of the parent right gotcha so um
1: a lot of people out there are going oh i know (laughs) this is
2: you know a lot a lot of people aren't worried about
1: this but some people do
2: right that seed from year to year just thinking mm -hmm. carte blanche that they're going to have the this the exact seed yes right you know so jim's just saying be careful you know in the home Mm
3: -hmm. garden it just ain't going to happen usually you know it, and and that the seed is the smallest Ooh. cost you're going to have yeah. now <laughs> as far True. as being able to retain that seed, you know, things like <laughs> tomato seed and those—they're good usually for five years or more, as yeah. long as they're stored properly. Mm-hmm. The only thing you really th- want to think about yearly it would be corn, spinach, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. onion seed. Those, if you were saving them, mm-hmm. after about a year, chunk them. Mm-hmm. You need to buy fresh seed.
2: <clears throat> and you said store properly. That's just a cool, dry area, cool, dry place. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't know? have to be the refrigerator, but
3: even the refrigerator the
2: refrigerator will prolong.
3: Yeah. Most of them, but you, you ought to get some of those little packets of the 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 floral gel dry stuff or whatever they mm-hmm.
2: call it to throw in there with your seed to, to keep, keep that the moisture. moisture out. Now, yeah. what about freezing your seed? You know, I've heard people mm-hmm. will go in there and put them in the freezer and had really great success. But I, I was they... always like, okay, well, you got to be careful freezing seeds yeah. because you could kill the embryo in the seed. Yes. So I don't recommend, unless someone tells me different, I don't recommend freezing the seeds. I That's recommend keeping them cool. Yeah. I've
1: wondered how seed vaults work because if seeds are only viable. Well, they keep
2: it at a constant temperature.
3: Yeah. And and mm. most of those are not freezing. They're very close. Yeah. yeah right. Okay.
1: So that makes the difference between being in your refrigerator right. or in the freezer. They're just very you know, and one programmed, of the, very accurately. You know, and stay. One of
2: the biggest seed vaults is uh, up north, of mm-hmm. course, in the Arctic. Um, And, you know, a guy from Memphis that actually graduated from MUS had a, he's, I don't know if he was the founder of that, but he Mm -hmm. had a big deal about getting this thing uh, where it is today, Uh, a Memphis guy. And what they're doing, they preserve seed uh, because they've got seed heirlooms, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, they got some wheat seed from, you know, from the 1800s. Because one of these days we might need to go back to those genetics. Yes. Yeah. So you know, seeds are—it's a big deal. You don't ever want to lose a whole generation or two generations of seed DNA. Let me put it that way.
1: Right. Right. So um, there's a little bit of
2: science this morning.
3: Right. (laughs) Sorry that you'll (laughs) never need.
1: uh, (laughs) That's funny. It's so nice to know, though. It really is. I bet a lot of people did not know there were seed vaults
2: yeah yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's huge you ought to read about it. it's pretty cool yeah it was
1: that's in case um, we get mad at each other right yeah. that's, <laughs> there's only two of us left
5: we've not
3: <laughs> that's, that's yeah. right
1: exactly right but if we're not scientists how can we uh because they're not supposed to like you can't plant them we're just using it for the no, genetics no, no, you,
2: no but you mm. can still i mean they're they're viable seeds
1: from the 1800s oh it's if, gonna oh, be yeah. but then we just said while ago that well, it, you can well, only say seeds a couple of years. Yeah,
3: these are varieties that were developed or grown. You know, the oh, first oh, true hybrid seed were corn seed. Yeah. And that was 1920, 25 or so mm-hmm. along in there. That was the first actual hybrid seed offered on the market. Yeah, I got you. Uh, now, there were some hybrids obviously because Mortgage Lifter was a hybrid. It mm-hmm. two plants You know, Mm -hmm. were a little promiscuous and Mm -hmm. ended up with a larger tomato. (laughs) 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 Amazing
1: science. See, now this is a good thing we have science for all of the seed vault saving and for the future of them. And and
2: we also see that happen in the flower world. You know, you'll get cross-pollination and all of a sudden you've got this brand new bloom on a you know that you've never seen before you know happens in people
3: you yeah. know yeah. occasionally you get a dud like me <laughs> <laughs> some people turn out pretty some people turn out like me a science person
1: yeah there we go we've covered it all right we're gonna be right back after this break <laughs>
0: Now, back to Mid-South Gardening, grown by your friends at Dan West Garden Center. For details on how you can start home growing, visit danwestonline.com.
1: Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back. Yep. Well, we just have a few minutes left. Two hours is just not enough. It, it just seems, flies by pretty darn quick. We, I've just got, but anyway, we had Pam Green had uh, texted and said that she had heard on a gardening show on a guy from Oklahoma about uh, using corn, corn gluten meal and that it would help with freeze damage. What is corn
2: gluten
3: meal? Corn
1: gluten meal is an organic pre-emergent, and it has some nitrogen in it, maybe 11% or 7% nitrogen in it. And uh, we use it as a pre-emergent, but it's really expensive, It's really more used
2: as a lawn food that might dub somewhat mm-hmm. as a pre-emergent.
1: Before, when before I ever it's recommended kind of masquerading
2: <laughs> as a
3: lawn, yeah, before <laughs> yeah. I
1: ever <laughs> recommend anything, I want to try it and experience with it. So when corn gluten meal first came out, I had just moved Remember into that. a new home, and but on I, the lawn was all organic, but there was a little slope that I did not do anything with mm-hmm. at the time. I'm going to work on that later. Mm-hmm. So this was the perfect opportunity because it was all crabgrass. So I treated it. And I went over what they recommended, because what they recommended is really not enough. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, I did not have crabgrass the next year. So and you did I it for about three like years, years in a row,
2: and you said it was wonderful. But mm-hmm. corn gluten meal is just a byproduct of corn, yeah. really.
1: I mean, even it's in dog food and oh, cat food. Cattle and,
2: food and everything yeah. else. But it's got, uh, I guess, amino acids or enzymes in there that inhibit a lot of weed seed production. Mm-hmm. So people use it as a organic lawn food. But it also, like I said, has pre-emergent properties right. to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it for some reason it, 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 it can get. When I say costly, I mean that's a relative term, right. you know.
1: And then you know, if you are sensitive to chemicals or some people have allergic reactions and things like that, then it, of course it's worth it to pay that amount to to make it work. But it, it's difficult. So um,
3: what do you think about corn gluten meal, Mr. Jim? I just always thought it because it gets so sticky when it gets wet mm-hmm. that it, it just <laughs> <ain't> <laughs> prevented seed from germinating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Could be. Could be. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I mean, it
3: is. It's extremely costly compared yeah. to yeah. other pre-emergences. That's the route no you to go. Right. Yeah. And, like you know, 10 th- times more. Yeah.
1: And like if you don't overdo the, the dimension pre emergent, which is a synthetic. But you know. even if
3: you do, the only thing you get's longer coverage. Mm. Okay. You could put it down heavy enough to get even as much as six so months. That means coverage. it's
1: bonding in the soil well, and it, not going anywhere. That's
3: right. It forms yeah. a chemical barrier on the surface. Mm-hmm. And so if you actually overdid it, you just get a little longer control yeah, with fact, dimension. Yeah.
2: If you look at the label, uh, you know, on corn I mean on dimension, uh at one at one rate, let's say four pounds per thousand it will last for say three months. Mm-hmm. At six pounds per thousand it will last Uh, you know, four months. So Mm -hmm. you're right. Now you don't want to grossly overdo any pre-emergent because you can actually harm the you know root prune your that's that's the Mm -hmm.
3: issue because it does prune the roots of your desirables. You know, back Mm -hmm. when the year, of course, you know I'm talking to a ex golfer here um, when we had all the had all (laughs) the Bermuda. Greens killed in town. Yes. One of the reasons was they had treated heavily and been doing it with pre-emerges, so there weren't a whole lot of roots. They had cut mm-hmm. the nodes back pretty short, mm-hmm. and you know you really had we can left. We you know? could actually see some dead in our Bermudas because at eight degrees, Bermuda grass will die. Yeah. So, I mean, we may see a little dieback and oh, some dead yeah. spots in Bermuda this so year. we'll have to
1: talk about that next yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, what we're saying yeah. is,
2: you know, you, you definitely can use pre-emergence and you definitely can put them down at different rates, mm-hmm. but you don't want to go crazy with any. Yeah, yeah you and know, you
3: miss the you miss the the peak times, you know. Mm-hmm. The four applications a year is better than three. Yes, okay, agreed. at yeah. lower rates because yeah. you have four different times when you have – The conditions or the the weeds that are germinating coming up, and you're able to get them all right because not all of them are
1: germinating right now. Right? Yeah. There's. Yeah. They're so so, you're
3: looking at really February, May, September, and December. Mm -hmm. Um, that's ideal because you've got that barrier down year round, and you're gonna only thing you're gonna get weeds really is where you edge, you know, and break that barrier. Yeah, that's
1: true. So, pre-emergence, y'all, y'all have to go with that, especially yeah. if you want to reduce your spraying yeah. of uh, weeds and all. We have a caller, Miss Kim. Good morning, Kim. You're in the garden. Hi, Vatican
6: and Jim, and I know you're in a hurry. So
2: hey, Miss saying- Kim, we got a couple of minutes, my dear. What's going okay. on this morning?
6: Number, I'm doing good. Number one, yes, my neighbor. Saw a mosquito flying around my head this Wednesday <laughs> on my front porch.
2: I'm telling you, you can't make it up, you know. And we are, like we said, we always used to sit, you know, talk about, man, we just need a good cold winter and we won't have any mosquitoes. Well, yeah. that is just a myth, yes, ma'am. Yeah, so
6: that. And then the other thing I wanted to say or ask is when Jim was talking about cross pollination and so forth of tomatoes, mm-hmm. if you don't get better boy. Right. because he may get mixed up. Right. Then do you get a good boy or a bad boy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, Miss Kim.
2: <laughs> I would say a good boy because any tomato is a good tomato. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: That's Thank you,
1: Miss Kim. Thank Ms. you so Ms. Kim, much. Miss Kim, we
2: love you, my dear.
1: <laughs> Talk to you later. Um,
2: yeah, you never You're know an illegitimate boys. <laughs> <laughs> or or that. that. Or that. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know of any you now, let me say this, even in...
1: No, you can't say it.
2: Yeah, I mean, even, I guess, in not only in the plant kingdom, but mm-hmm. also in, you know, fish. I mean, there are hybrids out there. Oh, there are um, natural hybrids exactly. in so many things. Yeah, yeah so, um, and, and then it makes me always think about not hybrids but exotics you bring in plants from like kudzu for example mm-hmm. you know kudzu initially was a great thing because it really yeah. it was an ero- it, was it was the best thing for erosion to our issues and then it started yeah. taking over trees and, and hills and mm-hmm. and you know the Every, whole countryside houses, so yeah yeah it's uh and that's for some reason it made me think of some of these cross pollinations mm-hmm. that jim was talking about i just
1: want to know what two cars Were blended to make hybrids.
3: (laughs) Well, I always figured that a Hummer was a cross somewhere between
2: a Jeep and a school
1: bus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that would be a hybrid. When you
2: hybridize those two, you get a Hummer. Well, and I think (laughs) a lot of those things, the hybrid is a cross between uh, petroleum, okay, Mm -hmm. combustion, and electric. So you get the best of both uh, worlds, yes. I mean, it's just not
1: two cars. Yeah, the military called them Humvees, and yeah. they would get so mad when when the uh, women would go
5: Humvee.
1: Yeah, and they was like, "No, military didn't like you to hum it." And, and, and there again, <laughs> wasn't we're, macho. We were
2: talking about cross pollination <laughs> on vegetables, and, and we see that a lot on flowers also. But a lot of people don't care. You know, they'll mm-hmm. have a hybrid, so they'll have something unique out there. I think Miss Gloria years ago would had nasturtiums that were blooming all these crazy different colors.
1: that were just crossed. Jim, you know? give us your Facebook page.
2: Mid-South
3: Gardening, Gardening in USDA, Zones 6, 7, and 8. You Y'all post check questions, out. post brag, put your pictures on there. And we appreciate you joining us each and every week.
1: Yeah, I'll harass him every once in a while on there. Yeah. We have fun. And, and we appreciate
3: uh, Dan West Garden Center yes. being a major part of this program.
1: And yes. you can find me at Plaudio Garden. We'll see you next weekend in the garden.
2: Way to go.